welcome to this week's Raptors in the Kitchen. It is Friday the 13th. The 13th? The 13th. It is Friday the 13th. I mean, something's going on with my mouth just now when it's making weird th- noises. Uh, I'm, of course, Francisco Rodriguez. Paco, I was very formal with Paco Rodriguez. And uh, joining me today is Tommy Vass. Oh. He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Oh, man. When it comes at you, he seems lifeless until he bites you, then them black eyes roll white. Oh, I love Jaws. There we go, that's a good one. Are you ready for your one, Neil? This is a also co-host, Neil McAuliffe. Hello. So, to win, you need brains and balls. You've got too much of one and not enough of the other. I told you I'd be surprised if you guys got this. Oh, that's, that's rubbish. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a wild stab at that uh, dodgeball. No, that's why I would have guessed. Really? Yeah. What if I said it was like a much better film than Dodgeball? There are many much better films. You it's have to be by your favourite director, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Oh, from Raging Bull. No, it wouldn't have been Raging Bull. Uh, I'm going to guess for because you don't like Scorsese. Uh, the Bringing Out the Dead. Colour of Money. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's the other. That's that's your favorite and Scorsese film. Yeah. It's because it's the best Scorsese film. That is arguable. We all know that Bringing Out the Dead is the best Scorsese Bringing film. Out the Dead is like a close second. Rubbish. It's that terrible. movie is fucking great. It's garbage. Maybe if you ever like, you know, just contemplated life for once, you would realize that it's absolutely excellent. Coming from the man that said The Dark Knight was overrated. Fuck it me. is overrated. The Dark Knight is like three, one of the most three out of overrated five. movies of all time. 3 out of 5. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Yeah. It is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. You are nonsense. That's what I keep trying to tell people. You are nonsense. Uh, um, Jaws has just been added to Netflix as well, so... Just you, the first one or all of them? Just, just the, the first, first one, one. Sadly. <clears throat> sadly? Yeah. You want Jaws I, Revenge, don't you? I do want Jaws Revenge, because I want that bit where uh, Michael Caine thinks he's about to get eaten by this shark, and even though he's kind of inside an airplane and goes, oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember that bit. <laughs> is it like in the bit, in the bit, the shark attacks the plane, but it actually manages to eat a helicopter, doesn't it? Uh, it also that... attacks a helicopter, yeah. Right. Yeah, the Jaws. Like, the all jo- the ones in the helicopter die spoilers for Jaws the Revenge. I believe the helicopter explodes. Yeah. J- j- <laughs> was Jaws the Revenge the fifth? Jaws the fourth. The fourth. 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 And Jaws 3 was, of course, Jaws, Jaws 3D. 3D. Yeah. yeah, with Dennis Quaid. Which is the one with the banana boat sequence? Yes, I think so. No. No, no, no. Jaws no, no, Revenge has a banana yeah, boat sequence. Yeah, that's right. It's in the Caribbean. Mm, yeah. Is the whole concept that their family is cursed? By in Jaws 4. The third that, one? No, it's only, is that just the fourth one? That's the fourth, fourth one. one. Yeah, right. they, they, um, they go a bit mental with the, yeah. the storyline yeah. at that point. Yeah. Because, like, the shark. <laughs> Like a, the shark understands concepts such as revenge. Yeah, but also like, is it not like sharks aren't usually found in like the climate that they're yeah. in in Jaws Four or yeah. something like that? So mm. um, that, that's why they know it's driven by revenge. Yeah, mm. but yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 I would just YouTube that clip of Michael Caine doing it rather than sit through all of Jaws <laughs> Four. Jaws Four, you can put on and forget about and just drop in and out of. Which one is it? Jaws three D or Jaws four? Where they kill the shark by a pirate boat? That's uh, Jaws four. <laughs> mm. I, I can I can go watch Ch- Jaws Brody's, again. Chief Brody's misses. Uh, she's like she lures it or something. Uh, fuck, I can't mind. Uh, she's she's got she's got this thing which emits a frequency that drives it mad. Aye, so much like you're gonna probably discuss later on in this podcast. Mm-hmm. So they turn it on, and the chap jumps out the water just yeah. in time for her to speed it with the uh, the front of a yeah. pirate boat. Yeah. Yeah. How do they kill it in Jaws three uh, D? Uh, the in Jaws three D, Jaws has swallowed this guy, who's got grenades on him, Hands and up. he swallowed him, and he swallowed this guy whole, so he's still alive in the stomach, and Dennis Quaid's going for us one to try and sort Jaws and uh, Dennis the, Quaid this guy it? extends the arm with this grenade and they get a hook to where he can pull the pin ah. and Jaws explodes yeah that is 
maybe worse than the pirate ship day. Mm. Yeah. And well, the second one, it just like bites into an electrical cable. Yeah, yeah. Chief Brody. Right, which that, that's done okay. Like uh, that's an acceptable one. Jaws two is alright. Jaws two is fine. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's nowhere near the first one. It's yeah, it's just... Jaws 1 is such an exceptional piece of cinema. You're like, you're never going to live up to this. What's the best bit in Jaws 1? Oh, I mean, uh, there's too many. I mean, the correct answer is when Brody downs a pint of wine. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think possibly uh, when uh, Quint is introduced at the film. Okay, when they're inside his kind of hut. No, he shows up at the meeting. He shows, no, up, at the he meeting. shows up at the meeting. Oh. And he, he does a really fun drawing, and then he's like, the shark, it's swallowing a hole. I enjoy the, all the bits with Murray Hamilton. Yeah. Just, just is that the mayor? Yeah. With the he's fucking. With the He's the worst and mayor he's, as well. He is, he's the worst guy in the world. Yeah. So, talking about sharks, a trailer drop for the new Jason Statham movie, yes. The Meg. Or Meg, yeah. Uh, which I found to be really amusing. When I worked out that it was because it's a bit of megalodon. Yeah. Do you know what the trailer is? Uh, do you know what the tagline is? Deep blue sea, but bigger. Pleased to eat you. Oh Jesus! Great man. But like it starts off and like I was totally getting deep blue sea vibes off it. Yeah. That's clearly intentional, right? But like, see when it cuts to like the the dog at the the yacht and stuff, and like what was the song that came on? Uh, I can't mind. Uh, but the, the, this film knows what it is. Everyone's getting hyped because it's kind of like when um, Alexander Ogier directed Piranha. We all knew what that was. It was a fucking, you know, just tits fest and gore fest and it was ridiculous and had Christopher Lloyd and full Doc Brown. Everyone knew what that film was and that's the same as Meg. It's Which just, who, folk, it's, folk knows what this, they know what this is and that's why I'm very excited about see, it. See before like all the spoof movies got like properly ridiculous when it became like Sharktopus and Shark ah. versus Octopus and stuff, right? And who, Megalodon. Who was it, yeah, no, who made the original ones? It was like Shark Attack and Megalodon and oh, stuff that. Where, like, they were just shit right? movies. Yeah, yeah like crap. Yeah. This, this looks like one of them but with a budget. Yeah, it looks like yeah. one of them, but with like the mindset of crank thrown in. Well, unfortunately, I really wish it was uh, Neville Dean and Taylor that were directing this. It is directed by John Turtletub, who directed uh, both uh, National Treasures and The Sorcerer's Apprentice, also starring Nick Cage. <laughs> so, it's not he's, he's not great, but it doesn't need to be, you know? Um I think as long I, as it's entertaining. Aye, like it. That it looks daft as fuck. Yeah. Statham must have been laughing his ass off when he read the script. He's like, "Cool man, I'll do it." How much? Yeah, I, I'll do I it. I really hope Statham punches the shark. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. He because in the trailer you see him like diving a lot. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's definitely gonna be something like that. I'm very much looking forward to that trailer. Uh, sorry, that film. Uh, when did we? It's out this year, but is it like soon in it? Right. Oh. For, I didn't catch the date. Damn. I thought it was after kind of August time. Oh man, I was hoping they would drop it in summer. Eh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It looks like it could be fun though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the thing I said though yeah, immediately after the trailer finished was like that shark changes size several times throughout that trailer. Yeah, and if they, if they, sometimes it is truly massive. Mm-hmm. Like if they, if you watch that film with the, in, and the the intent being, we are gonna fuck with the audience because it is daft. It's daft, stupid shit. Again, much like Piranha and Piranha 3 Double D, it's like, yeah, we're just going to fuck these. It's fun. It's just a bunch of laughs. So, yeah, I'll watch Meg. It'll be was real it fun. James Cameron directed the Piranha movie, didn't he? Was Piranha it Piranha 2? Yeah. That was his first movie, I believe. Um, okay. Joe Dante did the first one. Was I, James Cameron involved in the, the script for Rambo 2 as well? Yes. Uh, he co- No, he wrote it. Um, it was George P. Cosmosis, I think, that directed it, but Cameron uh, wrote the script. Yeah. There you go. Weird. Yeah, so that was that was a brief history of Jim Cameron's work. So talking about <laughs> people with guns, <laughs> Future World was another trailer that we watched. Yeah, man. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched the shit out of that film. Yeah, it looks it like... so good. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, got the look of Mad Max and... I don't know what it's, it's not like Mad Max, it's definitely got the look of it, and it's got James Franco in it who co directs. And it's he finds a robot girl, and they're kind of just kicking about, and then Millie Jovovich is in it, and Snoop Dogg's in it at one point, And it just I don't really know what it's about, it's just they're kind of scavenging the, the Badlands or whatever. And you're like, Yeah, I don't know what this is, but it looks fun. Um, 
But yeah, I just find it weird though. There's already something exists called Future World, hmm. and this seems nothing like it. So like, uh, how does that work? Like, well, thing, things can have different. I, I thought they yeah. couldn't though. Like because like Michael Crichton wrote that book Future World, and it got, it became like a movie, didn't it? Yeah, and it was a TV series or something. I don't know. It might have been like back in the fucking seventies or something like that. It might have been. Like yeah. I thought they couldn't name this one the same thing because of that. I think no. It, uh, it's. I'm not an expert on copyright law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just a, a poor inner city lawyer. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. It's... But I'm sure, like, these kind of things have a time limit on them. Yeah. And the name goes back in the public domain. Is that not like 75 years, though? No, hold on. No, it's... Because, it is for literature, at least. Right, because there was a case uh, where... I think it was Sony Pictures tried to sue Nintendo over Donkey Kong because they said that Donkey Kong infringed on their on their rights to the King Kong. However, Sony Pictures themselves, I'm sure it was Sony Pictures, had already had a, a court case with RKO Pictures over the rights and because RKO was saying that Sony had infringed on their rights, but Sony's argument was that it had gone into the public domain by that point in time. Okay. So maybe another enough time's passed. It's, okay. it's just, I don't know, like it's it's just a title. It's the same as like you've got two Jack Frost films. You've got the one where Michael Keaton's a dad and then he becomes a snowman. Mm. And then you've got one where it's about an escaped convict who get a, a liquid nitrogen um, lorry overturns. He gets caught in it and then becomes a killer snowman. Who rapes somebody. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, that was Future World... Two two words, mm. maybe the other future world is like one world one word. Yeah, so is West World one word? I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is it? yeah. Then quite possibly that is the case. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about the last trailer we've seen this week? Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Do we need to talk about it? Um, it's a better trailer. Uh, I'm still finding it quite underwhelming. Um, you're a bit more support. Well, not support, but you know, you. I'm I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt until I see it. Yeah, I mean, like, don't I'm get not... me wrong, man. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be like amazingly shit or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't give a fuck about Star Wars anymore. Mm. Like, I, they've just demystified the whole thing. Like, they just now when I hear Star Wars, I don't think, oh, cool, I could go watching one of those. It's just another one, or whatever. Okay. Um, what if um, the next, like, the live action TV so series that's got nothing to do with Skywalker's or Soul or any of that thing and it's now just another part of the galaxy and mm. it's fresh story and you're like yeah nah I think it's nah I've just kind of I've had enough I think I read like 80 books played all the video games watched all the movies like I I, I think it's time for me to move on wow that's pretty <laughs> fucking tragic man what I will say is like the one thing I did think about this new trailer that's got is like kind of concerned is a that they seem to be making out as if uh, this is the first time that Han Solo and Lando ever meet and the movie's only going to be like two hours long and if it ends with like him winning the Falcon away from Lando and like them not seeing each other until Empire Strikes Back that kind of makes everything that happened in Empire and Son of the Jedi seem a wee bit like just less meaningful I don't think them. that's how it's going to end I think it's exactly how it's going to end like they okay. don't see each other again from this point until Empire. Do you think it's gonna end in that poker game, and then he wins the Falcon? That's it. Or like, not much is gonna happen between now and because like when they show up at Empire, like he doesn't seem to really uh, know if Lando's gonna be cool with him or not, and they make out as if like it was because of what happened with yeah. But the, it depends the on how, how they see that relationship for the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm a wee bit concerned that they're going to handle that poorly mm. and it will just retroactively, retroactively make the other films a wee bit worse like nothing huge or anything do you mean it's not exactly like okay like a massive mm-hmm. difference but it's, it's like it, equivalent to the last shot of Rogue One making the first shot of A New Hope seem ridiculous okay do you know what I mean no I hear what you're saying with that one yeah. Um. I don't feel that about Rogan and you. That's just you. <laughs> it's just me and a lot of other people on the planet. Yeah, but they probably all live with their parents. Okay. So we were talking about, like, we're talking about like a Star Wars TV series. How, how, would, my 
How would you feel about... So do I. Or sorry, how do you feel about the Lord of the Rings TV series that's coming that Could Amazon got? Could not give a fuck. Um, reportedly it's going to have a billion dollar like budget and has already been uh, asked for multiple uh, seasons. So I believe, I believe it got uh, five seasons. Five I'll seasons. only be interested in this if well, the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings don't happen until season five or six. Okay. Like, if it's all the stuff from the Silmarillion and Unfinished Tales, then there's a chance that this is really good. Like, it could be, like, a less violent Game of Thrones style good. Okay. Uh, because, like, there is so much packed into the Silmarillion and Unfinished Tales mm-hmm. that it's worth watching. Okay. If it's just a straight-up Hobbit and Lord of the Rings adaptation, then I don't give a fuck. All right. Okay. Um... Okay, I'll give it a watch. Um, I, unlike yourselves, I I enjoy the films, so I'll I'll give it a watch. But yeah, if it's just another adaptation of it, you're like, well, I mean, I don't we know, know that story. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, did you watch all of the Hobbit films? No, I. I think I watched the second one, though I couldn't even fucking tell you if I did or not. I definitely didn't watch the third one. Right, okay, because I was going to ask you how much of the Silmarillion is involved in those ones, because I know they tried to do that. I think they tried to put some of that in Battle of the Five Armies, um, but again, that that was that film was just so bleh, like I don't really remember much about it. I remember the battle taking a long time, and that was it. Do they meet Smog in the first movie? Second. That, right, so I've seen the second one then. No. Because I've seen All that I really remember from Battle of the Five Armies is that everybody looks exactly the same as everybody else. <laughs> They're all the same yeah. guy. Mm. Okay. But yeah, um, you've got some news, Neil. Do I? Yeah, I think you do. How do you know that? Well, I'm looking at it. Okay. <laughs> Item number one, Daniel Craig has confirmed that he will be in Bond 25. That's not really a shocker. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, man. Why, why can't he just go away? He will, after this one. <clears throat> However, he still would not confirm that Danny Boyle was directing. I thought that was all but confirmed. Okay, in the article I read, Daniel Craig was quite hush-hush about it. Okay, um, fair enough. Uh, I thought, I, I, I read weeks ago, I was like, no, Danny Boyle is going to do it and John, yeah, John, John Hodge and him are writing the script. Yeah. So, okay, fair play. Um, sad news for part number two is Isao Takahata, mm. co-founder of Studio Ghibli, and director of Grave of the Fireflies uh, has died oh, at the age of 82. Man, that's good innings. Man, Grave of the Fireflies is a fucking great film. Well, it's not enjoyable, but it's great. <laughs> um, it's up there with Requiem for a Dream. is a brilliant film that there is no good time to watch. Yeah, that's true. That's very, true. very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, over at Warner Brothers in DC, uh, the Batgirl film... Uh, Joss Whedon is out. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, that happen months ago? Yeah, but the this mi- is supposed to be news, Neil. No, 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 let him not talk. old. Let so, him finish. Once Paco stopped being a cunt, <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon is out, and they have Christine Hodson in. Yeah, good. New writer, good. Uh, tell me, what has Christine Hodson written? I don't care. It's the fact that it's actually a woman in charge of the film. That's what I'm saying is good. Okay. Okay. It's about time shit that's not happening. Okay. Not getting involved in this one. Not on I. Netflix may pull five movies from the Cannes Film Festival after streaming services. But have, uh, sorry, I shall rephrase. Yeah. Fil- films on streaming services have been banned from competition at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would require a cinema release in France for uh, being eligible. So Netflix is taking the hump and may pull five films. Do you think, in your opinion, Neil, that they should be allowed in competition? So we're not going to hear about the films that uh, the Batgirl director directed? No, because you totally no. killed that. I killed that one. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, I think they should. I don't see why they shouldn't. Okay. No, I agree. To, like, we live in a world where technology has made it more, uh, made it simple to watch cinema anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's it's not right to exclude uh, 
excludes films from o- other platforms. Uh huh. I would agree with that. I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, it's, elite, it's elitist. It is elitist. It's also just archaic. It's a total luddite thing in it. It's yeah. like the the delivery system for how people get to watch the movie has no bearing on how good the movie is. Yeah. So like, if Kansas is supposed to be about celebrating films and movies and stuff, then this doesn't make any sense. This just sounds like a yeah, bunch of greedy people trying like, to get money. Like you said, man, it's it's 2018. It's the, the world is progressing, so you you, you kind of have to, especially not only with like where you see it, but technology as well, because you've got several directors who are not in favor of it yet. They will use the technology of now that wasn't available, say, in the 1990s or 1980s. So they are moving with the times technologically, but they're they they're they're, they're now saying, um, well, that's fine, but no, we can't have it at the streaming services. No, that's 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 not cinema. You know, I I I, I disagree with that. I think why not? Um, if a film's a good film, I mean, Netflix have got as <coughs> a like hundred fifty million budget Martin Scorsese film coming out with De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino, and it's about the the assassination of Jimmy Hoffa. I'm like, that will be viewed a lot. I mean, all, that's that's right yeah. on my street. All that's going to happen with this is you're going to find other places coming out with like uh, events, like movie events and stuff to replace. Can do you mean that's all that's going to happen? It's going it's going to get left behind. It's that way. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised at that. It's like the prestige of that and the elitist part of it is like, well, you're going to suffer ramifications for it because if you don't allow it into this, then they will make their own platform for right. their own thing. So right. before we move on, though, I, I do want to know what else the woman directed. Too bad. Come on, <laughs> it's a conversational podcast. Come on. All right. Okay. I'll tell you one. Right. And it's not out yet. Uh, the Bumblebee film. What, what, the, what use is that? The spin-off of uh, Trans the Transformers franchise. I take it all back. This was a mistake. Somebody phone Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. I still didn't see Detroit. Did you see that, Neil? Uh, no, I didn't. Mm. I really wanted to. I heard it was great. Um, yes. I heard it was very average. Oh, that's, I, uh, I, 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 rousing reviews I heard. That was uh, from my mother. Okay. Um, how, um, how would you rate Angie's kind of opinion on these matters? My, my mother generally has quite <clears> a strong <throat> opinion on like thrillers and dramas. It's normally actually a reasonably solid opinion and stuff like that. Okay. But I wouldn't have her review like the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> well, I think you've just invented a new segment where we get, <laughs> we get your mum to review the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, that, I don't think that'll happen. I don't, I don't think she would sit through them. No, no, I don't think so either. Um, how, how long, aim a bit lower. How, how long? <laughs> do you, not even to, the first one? Could probably get her to watch maybe The Rock. Not even the, the first oh, Fast and the Furious movie that is like pretty much nah, a point break nah. remake. No, nah, there's, n- there's nothing in that movie for my mother. The rock, even, le- the rock at least has Nicolas Cage and Ed Harris. Not even yeah. sweaty men with muscles? Nah. 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 What do you think's better, Paco? Point Break or the first Fast and the Furious film? Well, it's Point Break, isn't it? It is yeah. Point Break. Yeah. I've only seen... Actually, I think I've only seen Point Break once as well. But, like, uh, Fast and the Furious, I remember just being kind of dull. Right. The first one? The first yeah. one's not great. Yeah. When did it really ramp up for you? Was it Tokyo Drift? No, it was Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Like I knew I was too on fast. board for everything that that franchise was going to come out with when they launched a car onto a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, is there any word on the ninth one? Oh, I wish they wouldn't make that, man. The eighth was rubbish. The eighth wasn't great. You know they will. Guaranteed. Though. I mean, yeah, it made over a billion dollars. It's like they're going to milk that cash oh, cow Oh, no. I, what was it? I read something during the week about the the next Fast and Furious that The Rock isn't going to be in it. Is this because like him and Vin Diesel don't get on or something? Apparently, uh, apparently they they like buried the hatchet. Yeah, he's not but going to be in at it. the same time, The Rock doesn't need that. That was his launching pad. He is now in the stratosphere. He doesn't need it anymore. I don't know, man. Like he seems to be like kind of picking films that are going to bring him back down to earth pretty fucking fast. Like he's he's in that like a I'm just gonna do any old bullshit phase now. People are gonna go and watch Rampage. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah and I mean pe- people yeah, went and watched Jumanji. Yeah, people watched San Andreas. That made money. That looked boring. That was rubbish. I've never seen it. I didn't want to this see is it. Dull. This is dull. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I'm the way you Neil. I kind of it's weird about the Fast and Furious franchise because it's the opposite of what happens with franchises. It's made more money as it's gone on. 
Uh, I was really it was for me it was the fourth one that's when I really became involved because I didn't like Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift's amazing. Um, not a fan, man. I just it's I'll the best just, one. I'll just watch a Karate Kid. Um, <clears throat> I mean, can a Karate Kid drift down a mountain road though? Uh, I doubt it. Severely doubt it. No, I doubt it as well. But at the same time, I didn't like Tokyo Drift, and I don't know why. It's because I like the Fast and Furious <coughs> bollocks, but at the same time, I'm like Tokyo Drift just did nothing for me. Um, so that's all the news pieces. Yes. All right, well, let's get to the reviews, shall we? Oof, uh, it seems like it's been quick, man. Like it is quick, yeah. My reviews already. Mm-hmm. Short week. Um, but we've got a couple of films to review. Uh, Neil, you saw Proud Mary. Tell us a wee bit about that. Oh, is that with me? Yeah. Then, uh, let me arrange my notes. Oh, I apologise, sorry. <laughs> Can you do the, the news anchor shuffle? <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <coughs> yeah, I had the misfortune of watching Proud Mary. I say misfortune, I it was a deliberate action on my own. Uh, okay. I kind of really wish it hadn't. So give us a synopsis what happens in Proud Right, Mary. okay, Proud Mary, uh, come out this about maybe three or four weeks ago. Yeah. <clears throat> it has Taraji P. Henson mm-hmm. of, um, I believe it's Empire, is a TV show that she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she plays... Mary, who is a hitman for for a mob outfit. Okay. Um, as you can tell, as you would maybe think, it is quite racist, in that. Okay. She works for the black gang, mm-hmm. and everyone's all in the wee racial gangs. But that's all right, so there's a lot of cliches. Suppose, yeah, there's a lot of cliches. Right. Because what what this film, the way it sets out, it feels like a 90s action film. Right. Like the kind of stuff that uh, Wesley Snipe used to make, like Art of War, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but not Passenger 57. No, because that's a topper. Yeah, it is a topper. <laughs> <laughs> like, did Passenger 57 come out before Air Force One? Oh, yeah. Uh, Passenger 57 uh, yeah. Passenger 57 is like 92 odds I was still in high school when Passenger 57 right? Passenger 57's also got like a, a weird face surgery thing in it, doesn't it? I, like the main villains the, yeah, like a fucking Bruce, Bruce Payton's had a, he plays a villain he's had like a facelift or something so he can, they can try and make him look different yeah when he could die that's, another day. that's date. how he get caught because he get caught while he's getting his facelift done <laughs> that's funny I've, I've not seen Pastor 57 years I need to watch it again bl- bet on black mate yeah was that a tagline yeah it was a great scene. It's got nothing to do with planes yeah. at all. It's, Wesley, Wesley Snipes is on the phone to the uh, terrorist guy, Bruce Payne, and they have this big argument. Bruce Payne's like, no, nah, mate, I'm going to get this plane hijacked. And we're going up the road. And uh, Wesley Snipes goes, no, no chance, man. That's not going to happen because I'm this mad cop. I will get this plane. And uh, it's something like, my daddy used to always tell me, always bet on black. Because he's a black man. Yeah, and at he's that going to get business done. And at that point, you're just like, "Whoa, Wesley what's, Snipes going to win?" What's Wesley Snipes' other plane-based epic? Oh, oh Drop Zone. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Drop Zone. Ah, uh, Drop Zone. Is it I? I mean, like from what I understand, I've never seen it either. But from what I understand, it's essentially like if Street Fighter was a uh, entirely set with people falling out of the sky. Like they have fights yeah. on the way down. Yeah, like they fall out of planes and they fight on the way down. Yeah. What was the last Wesley Snipes film you've seen? Oh. As you, in. As in you, you. not not necessarily <coughs> you, because uh, I, I I can tell you what my one was. Was it New Jack City? It wasn't New Jack City, uh, which hasn't aged well, um, but he's still great at it. Blade, I it was Blade Blade Two. I watched Blade One and Two recently. The bed, the best Blade. Uh, I watched Demolition Man recently. Ah, oh, shit, what was it? I think um, I watched, is it Boiling Point? The one oh, with Sean Connery? Boiling Point's not right. It was... That's actually, that's actually, um, <laughs> that's actually a remake of a Takeshi Kitano movie. Is that right? Uh, Takeshi Kitano movie's amazing. I actually thought that's a reasonably alright version of it. Um, was that with Chew on Fat, it? No, it was Beat Takeshi. What am I thinking of? Uh, Hard, Hard Boiled. Boiled. Which is also a top one. I think is it boiling is it boiling point or is it is, I keep I always say rising sun it's not it's boiling point yeah someone was rising sun is it is it what's the fuck was it boiling point or rising sun it's Sean Connery's in it and it's like that's rising sun that's rising sun right guy because that's the one I watched uh, whereas uh, I, that is a Michael Crichton movie is it yeah. 
So God. it's about a group of scientists. No, 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 no. no. The science goes wrong. No, it's so like there's I'm, an expert with them. So I'm, like a bunch I'm, of them. I'm going to fact check that. Yeah, I'll but take, I'm sure that's a Michael. Yeah, thing. basically, there's there's a series of murders, and I think it's I don't know is it the Yakuza that's involved. But it's the Yakuza. Wesley Snipes is trying to solve stuff, right? But Sean Connery, who he's like an expert in the Yakuza. No, he's he's, he's a, like he's, 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 no, 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 he, he is the <laughs> expert Japanese expert. Right? Yeah. yeah, like Wesley Snipes doesn't really know what he's doing. So Sean Connery, the majority of the film is just Wesley Snipes thinks he knows what he's doing, and Sean Connery yeah. says, "You don't know fucking shit." And he it, corrects it, him. It is a 1992 novel by Michael Crichton. Yeah. <laughs> it well, it was alright. <laughs> That's fine. It was. It's not, it's, fine. Not black, it's not black rain. Uh, which Black Rain is dog great. Is Black Rain I, I also Michael Crichton? Oh, that's Michael Douglas. No, it's Michael Douglas, but it's, uh, it's, Japanese. it's American and Yakuza. Yeah, it's a Ridley right. Scott effort. I, I thought it was quite dull. Um, oh, wow. A Ridley Scott movie was dull, you don't see. <laughs> Let's not circle that hornet's nest. Um, I, no, I, let's. That's, that's what, what I was going to say, what, what's interesting about this conversation is we've not mentioned any about Proud Many, but see that conversation we just had, it's probably going to be more interesting uh, that, from what you've told me. That conversation was better than the entire Nine of Guns of that film. Alright, so it's, that's an old for you. It's just really boring. So she just she works for a gang and it's like a just a, she, she's, a, a she's gang a hit, school. She's, like, she's a hit woman. Mm. For, she's like the button man for this, this outfit. And uh, she gets sent on a mission, kills this guy, opens a door in the, in the house and there's a kid there got the earphones in playing the Xbox and doesn't see what's he playing he don't see what he's playing right um, he backs out sees this picture of the guy he's just killed and his sons he's like oh no goes away cuts to one year later the son's working for the local mob he's working for the Russians uh, the boss played by Richard Chiff oh I. he's in it for about 10 minutes <laughs> yeah that's, you know who that is yeah yeah okay um, she finds a boy. He must be pretty fucking old by now, man. Yep. Hey, it was relatively old. Yeah, now. he's in um, he's in the ro- the series with the rocket at Ballers, and it's like, man, there's Toby Ziegler, very old. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. Uh, so she finds this boy. He's he's not in a good way. So she feels, oh, I killed your dad. I'm gonna look after you. Right. Um, goes to try and get the boy's freedom from the the Richard Chiffs. That's the gang name I'm calling them. Uh, well, the Richard yep, Chiffs. Yep, the Richard Chiffs. Uh, things go a bit south, so like essentially starts a gang war. All right. Mm. Is it in any way similar to the Warriors? No. Jesus. No. No. Well, it's more. Ma- it's mafia. Yeah. It's more mafia like. I was saying. So you get scenes of. I think he threw us off with calling them the Richard Shifts. It makes it sound like a, I, I, a I, warrior gang. I'm, I'm on the, when you said that, I'm like, man, you're reaching, <laughs> you're reaching for that one. Um, yeah. it, it sounds like a bunch of me. You just it's, stick it's it just on. Really, uh, it just plays by the numbers of yeah. of her trying to hide that she's kicked this thing off. Mm. Uh, she gets sent on missions to go kill these guys, knowing full well it should be hard as getting iced. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it take it takes the turn. You expect where the boy finds out uh, that she that she killed his dad. Hmm. It's just it, it hits every every box of what a boring Channel Five action movie. Like, yeah, it should be what you're telling me. It just it sounds like. See if you'd said that to me and then says, "I want you to tell me who wrote and produced that." I'm like, "Oh, Luke Bessel, he wrote that and produced that." Because it's off the back of like things like um, from Paris with Love, Columbiana, Taken. What was it like? Did yeah. Luke Besson do one like quite recently that was alright? No, Valerian was terrible. I didn't see Valerian. Um, <clears throat> it is directed by Babak Najafi, who did London Has Fallen. Oh, that's not, that that. Good. That's not I've watched that actually. <laughs> I, I've yet to see that one. Did you like uh, Olympus Has Fallen? And by like, you know what I mean by like. Yeah, it, it was a cheap Die Hard remake. It was daft as fuck. And it was daft, it was alright. Yeah. It was... I... I have a lot of well, as I say, I've got a lot of time for, but I have a lot of. I give a lot of leeway, sorry, to um, Jared Butler, Jared, big Jared Butler, big Paisley. because I find them hilarious. Yeah. Like in what way? In a kind of you're just this country Paisley. Yeah. Why are you on the ice cream? It's like, in like the... it was easily the best thing in Geostorm. Oh, well, wasn't he the main thing in Geostorm? Yeah, well, the storm was the main. Well, no, the storm wasn't the main thing because it didn't have for came. ages. 
Oh man, Jenny that's... Butler's all right. He's like, fine. He's, he's he's an amiable B-list actor. Yeah, it's just that way that he, me me and you were watching that video where the um it was a guy who works for Hollywood like Hollywood actors and he's an accent coach, a dialect coach. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And. I want to know who Jerry Butler hired for that American accent in Olympus has fallen because it's basically just he just sounds like he's gurgling cornflakes. Yeah. Does <laughs> he even try to do? He does. He, 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 gives it, he gives it a big shot, man. Mister President, you're like, what the fuck is that, man? It's kind of like Charlie Hunnam's well, American accent. Whereabouts in America is he from? Because nobody else does that accent. It's better than his Spartan accent, though. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even dare Spartan yeah. accent. He's just a Scottish warrior. <laughs> That's what he is. One thing I did laugh at. Uh, and it's very unintentional, it's probably very bad of me, is there's a couple of shots um, where you get a side on of uh, Taraji P. Henson and she looks like false Adun, is played he, by James Earl Jones and Conan the Barbarian. To, to be, when you said that to me, I'm like, alright, and then like, I kind of looked, looked up some of the shots and I was like, it's the, it's the kind of haircut. It's the haircut, I, I can see that. Side. Yeah. She looks like James Earl Jones. What, now, what would have wrapped that film up is if you says BMM, but the twist is she can actually morph into snakes like Tulsa Doom. And I'm like, as, as I said, said to you earlier, actually, I would say what I said to you earlier. Yeah. Because that's my life. Yeah. Neil, I will also cut out the bit here where you sound like you have said something racist or just a shit. He didn't. He didn't. It, 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 it wasn't racist. No. It was, right. It was. I just said she was ugly, not cool. <laughs> Alright, okay. That, I mean, are you alright with that getting left in? Because like, it sounded like you, you were going to make a no. racist comment but were too no, ashamed I'm to say it. All he said no. was she's not cool enough but, to morph into a snake. Yeah. But you know, but body shaming is something that the, the libtards... Are... <laughs> this is getting cut out. Definitely getting cut out now. Cool. Um, so that was Proud Mary and, yeah, some, was and, and some of Wesley Snipes' uh. work. Um, oh fuck yeah right. don't watch Proud Mary yeah. what was the other movie you watched do something else first. right me and you'll talk about ghost stories yeah right, right so, okay yeah so me and Paco went and watched ghost stories um, oh shit I can't mind the guys that directed it but they've, they've done Andy uh, Andy Nyman Nyman yeah I can't mind the other guy but they, Andy Nyman was also the main guy in it that's true um, and they, the, the only work that I remember seeing that he'd done is they he had wrote and produced and directed a lot of Denim Brown stuff Right, and this um, is also this movie is based on a stage play that they wrote, that they wrote and presumably directed as well. Yeah, it started. Um, <clears throat> so, I wasn't really kind of. I knew what this was. I was like, okay, this film is a, it's a British horror film. It's about um, it's it's episodic where it's about three cases, three supernatural cases that are presented to the audience. It's about a guy who spends his life a skeptic, de- debunking. Yeah. Supernatural cases. Yeah. Who is then given three cases. Yeah. Uh, by a dude. Who he who, yeah, it was like his a person he loved uh, used to watch like in the seventies when he was debunking cases. He presumably he'd gone missing mysteriously. Then he gets in touch with him and says the supernatural is real. I spent my whole life trying to debunk it, and these three cases I can't solve. So you give him these three cases, and then episodically you're shown each case, <clears throat> and it's presented to the audience in a way where you're like via flashback and re- and the way the the, the main the main folk involved in the cases narrate them and you see it via flashback and I was like okay um it really reminded me of the brilliant 90s TV show strange but true presented by Michael Aspel where he would uh, come from he was in a mahogany a rich mahogany library that candlelit and he would tell you about cases folk had claimed they'd seen like paranormal cases or supernatural cases then it was told through reconstruction and as a kid, I thought it was really creepy, and you were left to be like, "Well, is that true? Is it yeah. not true?" Uh, it felt like that, and then the, the self instruction film was pretty good, though. I thought I thought because like, so, yeah. it's like you you get that whole someone's telling a story, then it kind of goes to the events as they happen. Yeah, uh, but then afterwards you see him like kind of following each one up and like trying to do the actual kind of ground, groundwork investigation yeah. of it. Um, <clears throat> I was a total shitebag during the first story. Like <laughs> I, I, I was genuinely. Is that, uh, Paul Whitehouse's one. Yeah, Paul Whitehouse's one. Like, yeah. I, like there's just something about people being alone in, like, abandoned dark places like that. It didn't help. Uh, that it was an abandoned asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a night. I mean, like the asylum thing doesn't have any anything to do with it. It's that idea of just being alone, like in a situation like that. With his Russian uh, pal via radio. It's like, but like, almost every other time you get a situation like. A, 
like that in a film, mm-hmm. you're kind of just like, oh, just fucking get out of there. Why would you be there? But it's literally his job to be there. Yeah, he's a so like he's that. That had like a weird effect on me when I was like, you can't claim he's being irrational by not leaving. Yeah, because like he must be thinking, I need this job or whatever. Yeah, like, the, the the setup for that story was cool because, like you said, it's his job, so he he has to go about and walk around this really creepy dark place. He hears. He hears stuff every now and then. He's got uh, another uh, his Russian pal who's in the other um, building doing the same thing, and he's talking to him. And you know, Paul Whitehouse got a radio and he's got a cup of tea and he's just trying to keep himself amused for X amount of hours. Then he starts hearing noises, and there's a couple of times you're like, "I know you're hearing noises, man, but I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm not going to go in there.'" See, like <laughs> after like, no, I was going to say something that's a spoiler. Basically, like after like the first kind of things start happening, Paul mm-hmm. uh, Paul Whitehouse's story. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman that would be a different movie uh, but yeah like uh, well, he did. after the first couple of things happened I was he like I would goals. I would move my chair next to the fucking plugs and that would be me until I fucking left in the morning I would not move from that area knowing that the lights couldn't get turned off because I'm sitting next to the fucking but it's dead cold and there's no list. I'd be like oh the lights are off oh well I'll wait till morning I'll just go lock this door would you not just quit your job well he yeah, needed the, he needed the I job I mean not not until not until like it gets further into the story that it'd be like at this point I would be like fuck this job I'm off yeah um, and then it progresses into the second case all the cases are unrelated they've all got different supernatural entities to them but do they become related well they're they're all intermingled like a in ways that we can't talk about because it was yeah put it this way the way the um, film's presented you're like all right this is okay this you see the trailer, you watch the film, and you're like, yep, this is what I expected. I was enjoying it anyway. And then come the third act, it does something different. And I thought it heightened the film as a whole uh, because of well, the I'm, way the direction it went. I'm the opposite. Like, I think that it cheapened the entire movie. I disagree. And I didn't see it was handled it poorly in a way where it's like, there was tension and, like you know, actual genuine scary bits in the start of the film. Mm. But at the end, like the way everything's handled is so over the top and in your face that it feels like a stage play in a way that takes away all the tension it that def- is there in the- it de- like it definitely felt like a stage play the way <clears throat> the third act went and the eventual like conclusion of the film. Um but I I was like sucked into the atmosphere immediately. It just it, you know, set in Britain, it's dead cold and it's dead like murky, and you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the atmosphere of this film is really kind of sucking me into this uh, plot. And then by the end of it, I was like, you know what, man, that was actually decent because uh, I wasn't expecting anything. And I know you were because I was like, it's a British ghost story, and you're like, oh fuck no. Yeah. But you know, so that that's pretty. I thought it was the pretty wee cool. dude, the the wee guy that played a pedo in one of the episodes, Black Mirror, of Black Mirror, mm-hmm. like uh, his section was pretty good. There was he had like there's there 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 humor com- yeah some good comedy bits in his yeah there was some nice humor in it but again it didn't derail from the the, the paranormal thriller aspect <clears> of the film <throat> it was it was good I enjoyed it um, there's not like the problem with this film is like there really isn't much more you can say about it without spoiling a lot of it yeah uh, because like the whole film is quite interconnected in ways like a yeah, it, it was. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was groundbreaking. I didn't think it was like particularly enjoyable. It's not groundbreaking. Like it was scary at the start, but then kind of lost tension after the first story. Like the second and third ones were just a lot more generic, and the second one even was like a more of a comedy than anything else. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing really. I, it, yeah. it doesn't. I don't think it aims to be groundbreaking. It, it aims to be a wee bit different, and I think there's a lot of nice, for me, callbacks to. British horrors uh, of the past, um, but yeah, I, I we can't really say much more. But if you fancy, you know, a horror film that isn't going to be the the quiet, yeah, the, the quiet thing, place, like, which we'll talk co- about coming there. out of this time, like when the quiet place is out as well. Like if you're going to watch one of those films, I mean, it, we'll we'll talk about it obviously, but yeah. like Quiet Place is definitely a better movie. It, they're different though. I mean, <coughs> quiet Place is like a very kind of traditionally traditional looking kind of Hollywood horror story. Um, looking, but we'll get to that in a wee minute. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about your other film? Yeah, Neil, you went and watched I Kill Giants. I did watch I Kill Giants. And how was it? It was all right. Okay. It was not bad. Um, I can I, I Kill Giants is written by Joe Kelly, 
Okay. It's based on his own graphic novel. Okay. Uh, well, I say graphic novel. It's actually a, an 18 issue series of image mm-hmm. for the novel, which he created with Ken Nimura. That name's artist. familiar, yeah. Um, it's it's a kind of child. It's like a child fantasy movie. All right. With very adult themes. Okay. Um, very similar to the likes of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, you got um, me interested. Has elements of uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Do you remember that movie? Okay, yeah, yeah. Which was a lot grimmer than any of us expected. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I just um, know that you said it was very grim. The, the was that, that film's grim? Was that supposed to be the sequel to Jumanji? No, no that's, that's Zathura. Zathura. Right, right. Uh, story set around this eleven-year-old uh, girl called Barbara. Uh, lives with at the start of the film. Lives with her big sister and her big brother. Uh, there's a lot of family tension uh, there's a distinct absence of parental units okay uh, as the big sister played by Imogen Poots is um, always on the phone to her boss and crying and going and trying to hold it all together and that kind of stuff right so obviously there is something wrong mm-hmm. uh, Barbara is a bit of an outcast mm-hmm. uh, even within her own home uh, she's obviously trying to deal with whatever this event, this bad event, which has caused the family to be how it is. Okay. She's obviously trying to deal with that. And by doing that, uh, her way of coping is disassociating with, from reality and has given herself this mystic quest to defend the town from giants. Okay. And okay. You, get a, you get a good scene where she describes what giants are just in an, anima- in an animation style okay. which is fitting for the story she's telling cool. but as the film progresses and you come across the the, the what are just delusions mm-hmm. uh, of these monsters they're also in a kind of animated style as well in the real world mm-hmm. um, and it's well it's well written yeah Um the pacing's really good. They introduce uh, Zoe Saldana as the the school counsellor. So you, you see the conflict that, uh, that Barbara and this Mrs Molly uh, has as she's trying to break down to find out what the actual cause right. of her going kind of crazy. Okay. Because yeah, she's going absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my only thing is and it's I find a very similar thing in The Quiet Place. I won't say what it is, but um, the, the the character of Barbara, she's an asshole. She's a... You don't sympathise with her. I, can't, I find it very hard to <coughs> sympathise with her okay. because she's actively abrasive. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are just trying to help her, but she's deliberately... Being a dick. So take it. It's the little girl in quiet place. You've got a problem with them. We're getting. We're getting. Yes. We're going to get. Yeah. To that. I'm not going to talk about that just now. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's real. I find it really hard to kind of. I find it hard to relate to to her. Right. And sympathise with her because she was so abrasive of a character. Right. I could sympathise with the people around her, who are right. having to deal with her. Right. But then. There was a very strange thing happened as I was watching this film. Okay. Where I was kind of like, uh, mm, not really kind of enjoying it by the middle. Mm-hmm. And then an event happens and the film then takes a turn of kind of the last few few scenes and I just started crying. Oh, okay. Proper tears. Fuck. It's not what I expected. And oh, I was like, <laughs> and my house was in this film <laughs> and then another scene happens after it because this film Return of the Kings it never ends oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, where they have the next scene that made me start going again I was like oh, that's dead nice is it something to do with a family pet dying it's if you, if you want to call <laughs> the mother a pet yeah um, right and then it cuts to another scene which was so cheesy and schmaltzy 
the bullshit that I just ruined it. Oh. <laughs> it was like, I'd, I'd watched that and obviously had been affected on an emotional level, even though I was like, <clears throat> I don't know really an honest kid. But then the, sh- the turn happens and it's like, oh, I'm dead emotional. And then they do this cheesy garbage. That's and I'm saying. like, oh. Would you say it was an emotional roller coaster? It sounded like a roller coaster there, man. The, the last three seasons are, yeah. See, you were talking about, like, you can't relate to this last year, you don't like or whatever. It's when you were saying the pan, it's the Pan's Labyrinth uh, comparison, whereas the wee lassie in Pan's Labyrinth, like, you, you do like her. Yeah. And she's in a hell of a fucking See, situation. See, that, that's where the, that. sim- the similarities is. It's. It's. A, with Pan's Labyrinth and this, is the, your, your, your lead character is using fantasy to escape from reality. To escape from the, the yeah. harsh realities. Yeah. But Barbara's harsh reality is nowhere near as bad as the Spanish Civil War. It's shite. It's a yeah. horrible situation. With a shit in. dad as well, man. Well, there is no dad. Oh. Alright. So, well. But, like, Spanish Civil War, that's a crapper. See... <laughs> No. You, 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 kind, you, you kind of got me interested for this film though there's, a, there's a lot in it where I'm like alright I, I can I, watch it I would recommend it it's it's about 90 minutes mm, it's okay. it's got some neat stuff in it um, okay. the performances are good like I enjoyed like Bar- Barbara's performance is very good for a character which is kind of unlikable right um, I wish I'd wrote down the name of her wee pal she gets this wee pal who's this English girl who's moved to town and she's her performance is pretty good as well yes it's decent watch it cool Um, well thank you very much Neil that brings us to the film of the week that we've all three three of us just watched about a couple hours ago Um, the A Quiet Place directed by John Krasinski and co-wrote by Krasinski you may remember him as Jim Halpert from The Office uh, and it's co-star cool it's stars him uh, and Emily Blunt um, who is playing the part of Pam who plays the part of Pam yeah, yeah that's right um, so it's nice US office reference set Stanton <laughs> Scranton Jesus Scranton right just be quiet okay, okay. <laughs> right so A Quiet Place uh, again produced by Platinum Dunes Michael Bay's horror house uh, usually you groan at that because all he does is remakes 70s and 80s classics such as The Amityville Horror and Friday the 13th so we're like mm, okay here we go to be and fair the remake of The Amityville Horror is okay I would agree with you on that one uh, I'm a lot more forgiving of some of the stuff that Platinum June does Platinum June stuff so A Quiet Place a lot of hype a lot of good reviews uh, it's done really well at the box office um, and in my opinion, it's justified because uh, I thought that this film was very good. Um, the plot is, um, it doesn't really say present day, but we'll say, yeah, present day. S- something has attacked. Uh, yeah, like or, these creatures have appeared around Earth, yeah. which like are really, really tough to kill. Like They're kind of armoured, yeah. and uh, they seem to hunt by sound. So like we're not really sure what state the world is in, but certainly the yeah. town that this family are in is pretty much all De- but abandoned. Desolate, yeah. Uh, so like essentially, it's just like this family this, surviving. This family trying to survive in a world where they are not really allowed to make any noise because of like actual proper monsters mm-hmm. that seem to be infested uh, the planet. <clears throat> yeah. So you the the film starts <laughs> off with like the family going to the shops and this that, and the other. Um, there's a tragedy. And then it fast forwards several days, several hundred days after that, and then you're putting the picture of this is the family at this stage. Um, it's got Krasinski, his wee girl who's deaf, um, his son, and Emily Blunt is pregnant with a child on the way. And it's basically just Krasinski showing his trying to show his son how to survive in this world by catching fish, etc., etc. And you see, like, Emily Blunt uh, going about her business as a mum and a wife, uh, and the daughter, uh, Krasinski's daughter, is feeling a bit, uh, well, not resentful, but annoyed, um, because, of course, these things hunt by sound, and she is deaf, so her life is a wee bit more harder, because 
if they're not about, she's unaware of certain things that are going to happen. But she's, that wasn't why she was resentful in that film. I know, but I don't want to say anything too much about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but definitely, um, I mean, that's the film. And then there's no, like Paco said, I really I enjoy a horror film, especially one, a Hollywood horror film, where it doesn't t- we didn't get any backstory to why the things are there. They're just there. You and get like you, you get little newspaper know, word, headlines, building snippets of newspapers. Yeah, newspaper like headlines, but it doesn't start off with, you know, the attack, and this is a result of the attack. It's just this is the world that this character's living. I think I think it's fair to say that we should, we can allow ourselves to tell the people, it's not a Cloverfield movie. Though, like it easily could have been. Yeah, <laughs> but it's thankfully not. Yeah. Um, so that's the film. I, I, there's without spoiling anything else. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 horror and the drama come in when uh, certain things happen, where noises are made, like things are dropped or whatnot, and yeah. then the the family become in danger for whatever reason. It's cool. We some of the cool things the family have set up, like you know, in order to warn each other when there's something happening, or they all speak in sign language. Um, Which like that was pretty cool because like yeah. when the movie starts it says it's like eighty days after like the things yeah eighty nine I believe have shown up yeah and like they're all doing sign language to each other in the little kind of grocery store yeah and I was like how the fuck did they all know sign language already but then it's like obviously Go, going into it, I thought that was going to be one of the things they would annoy me yeah, yeah. but the, the fact that the door yeah. deaf yeah. so yeah. like they've all learned yeah, sign language that up, right? yeah. yeah that was pretty cool yeah and then it goes to like day four hundred and thirty seven <clears> and then. Yeah, that's like that, from, that, from, from there, then on that's the film from there it pretty much takes place over the course of two days and a like if you've watched the trailer you know fine well that Emily Blunt actually you mentioned already Emily Blunt is pregnant in the film mm-hmm. so like I mean childbirth is a notoriously noisy process yeah uh, and like a painful one at that as well mm-hmm. so like just that that payoff for that whole thing was great I thought that entire sequence the, everyone knew it was coming yeah I uh, was really well handled. I thought. Yeah, um, I th- I thought. Uh, in but terms why would she bother getting pregnant in the first place? That was the first yeah. thing that, I thought about. I was that's like, the thing that annoys me. Like, I was like, that's yeah. really that's, knowing that is your world. Why would you get pregnant? That's irresponsible. Like, I, again, like obviously not why I talk spoilers. Like mm-hmm. we really will try and limit spoilers here and stuff. But also the way the film actually ends makes the threat of these things seem a lot less. Yeah, I hate it. Credible. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 only thing that's got going for it. Like this, this movie breaks apart if you actually try and factor in the entire world rather than just their town. Mm. Like we don't know what the state of the world is. They don't know. Like they seem to be like um, John's trying to. Do any of them have character names? Do they ever say each other's names? No, I no. think it's just like no, they don't. You just know their role as a as a parent. Yeah. Um, so and... like John, John the dad, like a. Mm-hmm. Is in like the actor's name's John Krasinski, the yeah. dad. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's trying to radio other places and like mm-hmm. he's not getting any answer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that kind of leads you to assume that the whole world is fucked. Yeah. Again, yeah. Um, I like I like that though. It's like the the film handled again. Krasinski's direction I thought was really simple, but I thought it was really good in terms of like making this horror film about this global disaster, but localizing it just in this little town because that's the story. That's what we're there to watch. We're watching their story. It's not. Cut to Tokyo, cut to yeah. Japan. It's I like that. Yeah. Although that's, that's the only thing that, that makes it work is like when you know that the, the story they're trying to tell is that a personal story about mm-hmm. that family. Yeah. That's how it works. See that that was the stuff I liked. I I thought it did that really well. I enjoyed well, the first half of that film where it's him. It's well him. It's the two parents trying to raise children in this nightmare world yeah. Yeah. where everything is difficult. Mm-hmm. I thought that stuff was brilliant. I thought the family di- dynamic was really good and mm-hmm. it played out well on screen. Mm-hmm. It was when it became a horror film. I thought that's when it kind of. Well, more, more. I mean, in. like it was a horror film from the get go, but it's like no, but by I, the third it, act, became it, it becomes a like a it film. becomes like a slasher film yeah. towards mm-hmm. the end, like a. Um, I yeah. again, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I, I also I enjoyed for it. the most part. I didn't either. No, it was, it was like, fine. There yeah. was just I, I thought I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Like I would, couldn't come out of that and say, "Oh, that was brilliant." Yeah, because it was it, brilliant for yeah. a while, mm-hmm. and then it kind of went. Oh, it it does. Right. It does leave you thinking, though, that like these things seem to be easily fooled. So you could, they they wouldn't get this grasp on the planet that they yeah. apparently have because like 
you would corner them, you would get them all into places where yeah. you could contain them. Like, they don't seem that intelligent. Uh, and then on top of that, like, again, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but, like, by the end of the film, a lot of the characters seem a wee bit too filled with bravado yeah. for what the situation is. Yeah. Like, uh, like, that actual last shot was the only shot in the film where I was like, that was unnecessary. That, that was like, horrendous. I actually kind of went, Really, I mean, like I kind of liked it, but at the same time, it was so at odds with everything yeah. else that yeah, had happened to that point. Ruined the tone. Yeah, um, I I didn't mind. I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I it didn't bother me that much. Um, are, are we kind of facts about the film as well? I mean, the film is doing very well, and the writers um, are already talking sequel ideas. Brian Woods and Scott Beck are the writers. They already have a handful of ideas. I, I don't think that film should have a sequel. I don't think it should have a sequel either. But, you know, yeah, we're talking yeah. about, well, I mean, it could cut to Tokyo and we can see what's going but, on there. That? But see, that's see exactly from, what they would do. It would be, well, here's a, the same story, yeah, but with different people. Exactly. Or, well, we'll have to ramp up. The or, film. yeah, considering how this movie ends, the next film could very much be an Aliens to this Alien. Like a... Do you know what I mean? Because, like... I, we are. I'm trying to be vague. Like, hopefully, yeah. like I'm not yeah. being spoilerish here. But like, the that's, the only conclusion, the only conclusion to go from where that film, where the characters in that film are at the end, is to be a lot more of an action movie than yeah, a, that's a, film a horror. I I don't want to see it. But the, the, this is the like when I read that and another thing, uh, Krasinski, um, he took the script. And he reworked some stuff. And some of the stuff he took out, I was like, you know what, fair play to you as a filmmaker and whatnot. Because the original script had flashbacks of the family being a family before the threat. I don't think that would have been needed. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, we're not doing that because that's not the story. We have to keep yeah. it in the present day. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because it would have ruined the tone of the film. Um, he also, like the sand trails, he added that in. I was like, yeah, that's smart, man. I quite like that. And, like Nice wee yeah. touches like that. Um, but yeah, they're talking about a handful of uh, sequel ideas. Krasinski uh, had involved or whatever. The creature design was pretty cool. He's too busy trying to become Reed Richards. Yeah, well. Um, Which actually, to be fair to him, having watched that, I would take Krasinski and Blunt as Reed and Sue Richards. Yeah. Um, they've all, obviously, they've got great chemistry because they're real life uh, oh, really? husband and wife. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could take that. The only problem with it is you... Mr. Fantastic's power, there, there's, you have to really work how you're going to not make that look silly. I don't think there's a way of doing that. Like we've, uh, did we not speak about this last week? I don't know about last like week. I certainly spoke to him about, about it. But yeah, like, I don't think there's a way of doing his powers without making it look fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, like, we'll, we'll stick uh, to A yeah. Quiet Place. So uh, like the, the creature design in Quiet Place I thought was really I, I thought it looked too close to the Demogorgon and Stranger Things. It was quite close to it, but like the, the kind of unique part of this one... Is that a spoiler to kind of say what it looks like? Yeah, uh, I it's think... It's like the, the head on this thing was quite a unique thing that was quite interesting to watch. Okay. Yeah, the, the, way uh, it, the way it kind of animates is a mm. is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, again, like, there's not really much else to say. I thought... I, I For me, I was like, yeah, I believe the hype. It is a very... I thought it was it's a, a solid good, effort. I well, thought it was a solid effort. Yeah, yeah. It's one of them... Like it's horror dramas, it's one of the most enjoyable ones I've seen in a long time. I mean, like just by its very nature as well, though. Like there's barely any dialogue in the entire movie, and a mm -hmm. that totally does add to the tension of it. And like, I mean, you you were saying there was people talking behind you, and you were getting interrupted and stuff. Like the I thought, yeah, the two people sitting next to me just did not shut. The entire cinema hall seemed fucking deadly quiet to me. Like the premise yeah. of this film seemed to like absolutely lay a weight on the the cinema hall. Yeah. Like I thought, anyway. Yeah. I never, I never heard a fucking peep out of anybody. Same. Um. Apart from some rustling behind us, but other than that, I didn't hear it. So that's a shame that it was kind of spoiled for you in that one, man. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Our There's an extension was, as well. Though, the sound design in the film is also really well handled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But again, there's. Uh. That the only problem I had was. <laughs> it's like again you're really irresponsible to knock up your wife in this world yeah. uh, I don't know why so you did why that, you that? Yeah. and then the actual as Paco said in the trailer there's a scene where she's in the bath trying to give birth they, they kind of just gloss over that kind of the way that kind of 
finishes and I was like yeah that baby comes out quick and clean yeah, yeah I was kind of like I don't think you could have done that yourself <laughs> I mean like you do you hear stories I mean I don't know if it's like total urban myths or whatever but like uh, lassies who thought they just needed to go to the toilet and they end up having their fucking kid like at the toilet and stuff like that man like Fuck. it just happens to some people like and then you get other people where like labour lasts for like more than a fucking day mm. like a just Emily Blunt was really lucky that she had the one that takes five minutes yeah um, and the kid comes out apparently alright with the world I, I like another thing I'll say about this see like all the like bits of peril that happen um, I'm gonna say like the bit in the basement with the water mm-hmm. I quite liked it, the, the flow of all that, the, the bits of peril that was proper fucking horrifying like a, I, I also wondered how the waterfall would come back into play yeah well mm-hmm. I mean that that didn't need a, a payoff like the waterfall thing was like enough of a thing on its own yeah but even that bit with the waterfall I was like why wouldn't you just spend all your time here mm-hmm. like you would ramshackle together some kind of fucking living space underneath that fucking waterfall yeah. mm-hmm. so you could just talk uh, <laughs> like but yeah so that that was a quiet place so you, I mean I think you said you really I liked it I think they owned that farm I I thought it was excellent up until yeah because like they've got pictures of their family oh, up yeah, in the, the halls and stuff. I thought it was really really good right up until the end where I thought it was good but not great. Okay. And then the last shot was like, why was that there? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, man. Um, so I I would I would recommend it if you you like your horror and whatnot. I thought the trailer trailer's good and the film was a nice payoff from it as well. So it was you know. So all the performances were really good as well. Like even the kids, yeah, absolutely. like uh, the little deaf girl. Like I thought she was actually likable in it. Like uh, she had a lot kind of happening for somebody so young. Mm-hmm. She so that child's death. I could completely understand why she was not as complacent as the the boy was, and like yeah, it looked as if there was like a kind of. Role reversal. She yes. wanted to help, whereas uh, the wee boys, like, I, I, I don't want to be. A, I don't yeah. want to learn the stuff and be that. And but again, I, I, I don't think it. I wouldn't say. Would you, would you say cliches in this film? I, I thought it handled itself quite well. I mean, it's got a few. Yeah. It's, yeah. Horror tropes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, can't really go into the, what cliches were there without spoiling mm-hmm. it big time. But uh, yeah. There is certainly a few in the third act. Yeah. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, boys. A quiet place. I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Um, join us next week where we'll probably have seen Dwayne The Rock Johnson's latest opus, Rampage. I love Wells in that. Right, okay. Is Neil that Griffiths, out already? I think it's out Friday. Friday. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a... That is the, f- the, the main film that's out on Friday. Um, is it two weeks until Infinity War? 27. Yes. Yes, right. it is. Can he wait? So Trailer. Rampage is the main film of next week? I think it's the, the big release of the weekend, if you want to call it a big release. I well, believe, it is a big release. I, I believe there is showings of it today. Oh, God. There is. <laughs> there's, an there's, eight three, o'clock. there's an 8 o'clock 3D show. You're going to go watch it? it? Okay, uh, so that would wrap us in the kitchen I for the week of April the 13th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you next week. Do you watch that deal?